Good morrow, cheeks. <laughs> Everyone still talks about how you were all cheeks and eyes <laughs> when you were little. Cheeks and eyes. Everybody loved your cheeks. Everybody loved your eyes. Cheeky cheese. You ready? That's right. Let's finish chapter... What? 31. Yeah. Let's finish 31. All right, I just said there was a loud crack and the shapeshifter exploded in a wisp of smoke. The silver stag faded from sight. Harry wished it could have stayed. He could have used some company. But he moved on quickly and quietly as possible, listening hard, his wand held high once more. My voice is a morning voice. <laughs> <laughs> My vocal cords aren't warmed up yet. I mean, squealing all over the place like that. <clears throat> left, right, left again. Twice he found himself facing dead ends. He did the four-point spell again and found that he was going too far east. He turned back, took a right turn, and saw an odd golden mist floating ahead of him. Harry approached it cautiously, pointing the wand's beam at it. This looked like some kind of enchantment. He wondered whether he might be able to blast it out of the way. Reducto, he said. The spell shot right through the mist, leaving it intact. He supposed he should have known better. The reductor curse was for solid objects. What would happen if he walked through the mist? Was it worth chancing it? Or should he double back? He was still hesitating when a scream shattered the silence. Floor? Harry yelled. There was silence. He stared all around him. What had happened to her? Her scream seemed to have come from somewhere ahead. He took a deep breath and ran through the enchanted mist. The world turned upside down. Harry was hanging from the ground with his hair on the end, his glasses dangling off his nose, threatening to fall into the bottomless sky. He clutched them to the end of his nose and hung there, terrified. It felt as though his feet were glued to the grass, which had now become the ceiling. Below him, the dark, star-spangled heavens stretched endlessly. He felt as though if he tried to move one of his feet, he would fall away from the earth completely. Think, think, he told himself as all the blood rushed to his head. Think, but not one of the spells he had practiced had been designed to combat a sudden reversal of ground and sky. Did he dare move his foot? He could hear the blood pounding in his ears. He had two choices, try and move or send up red sparks and get rescued and disqualified from the task. He shut his eyes so he wouldn't be able to see the view of the endless space below him and pulled his right foot as hard as he could away from the grassy ceiling. Immediately, the world righted itself. Harry fell forward onto his knees onto the wonderfully solid ground. He felt temporarily limp with shock. He, could, he took a deep, steadying breath, then got up again and hurried forward. 
Looking back over his shoulder as he ran away from the golden mist, which twinkled innocently at him in the moonlight. <laughs> I got the croaky voice. He paused at a junction of two paths and looked around for some sign of floor. He was sure it had been she who had screamed. What had she met? Was she all right? There was no sign of red sparks. Did that mean that she had got herself out of trouble? Or was she in such trouble that she couldn't reach her wand? Harry took the right fork with a feeling of increasing unease. But at the time, at the same time, he couldn't help thinking, one champion down. The cup was somewhere close by and it sounded as though Fleur was no longer in the running. He'd gotten this far, hadn't he? What if he actually managed to win? Fleetingly, and for the first time since he'd found himself champion, he saw again that image of himself raising the Triwizard Cup in front of the rest of the school. He meant nothing for ten minutes, but kept running into dead ends. Twice he took the same wrong turning. Finally, he found a new route and started to jog along it, his wand light waving, making his shadow flicker and distort on the hedge walls. Then he rounded another corner and found himself facing a blast-ended scrut. Cedric was right. It was enormous. Ten feet long, it looked more like a giant scorpion than anything. <clears throat> its long sting was curled over its back. Its thick armor glinted in the light from Harry's wand, which he pointed at it. Stupefy. Oh my gosh. Hold on. Stupefy. The spell hit the Scrooge's armor and rebounded. Harry ducked, just in time, but he could smell burning hair. It had singed the top of his head. The scrut issued a blast fire from its end and flew forward toward him. Impedimenta, Harry yelled. The spell hit the scrut's armor again and ricocheted off. Harry staggered back a few paces and fell over. Impedimenta. The scrut was inches from when he, uh, from him when it froze, and he managed. He had managed to hit it on its fleshy, shellless underside. Panting, Harry pushed himself away from it and ran hard in the opposite direction. The impediment curse was not permanent. The scrut would be, would be regaining the use of its legs at any moment. He took a path to the left and hit a dead end, a right, and hit another, forcing himself to stop, heart hammering, he performed the four-point spell again, backtracked, and chose a path that would take him northwest. He had been hurrying along the new path for a few minutes when he heard something in the path running parallel to his own that made him stop dead. What are you doing? yelled Cedric's voice. What the hell do you think you're doing? And then Harry heard Crumb's voice. Crucio! The air was suddenly full of Cedric's yells. Horrified, 
Harry began sprinting up his path, trying to find a way into Cedric's. When none appeared, he tried the reductor curse again. It wasn't very effective, but it burned a small hole in the hedge through which Harry forced his leg, kicking at the thick brambles and branches until they broke and made an opening. He struggled through it, tearing his robes and looking to his right, saw Cedric jerking and twitching on the ground, Crumb standing over him. Harry pulled himself up and pointed his wand at Crumb, just as Crumb looked up. Crumb turned and began to run. Stupefy! Harry yelled. The spell hit Crumb in the back. He stopped dead in his tracks, fell forward, and lay motionless face down in the grass. Harry dashed over to Cedric, who had stopped twitching, and was lying there panting, his hands over his face. Are you all right? Harry said roughly, grabbing Cedric's arm. Yeah, panted Cedric. Yeah, I don't believe it. He crept up behind me. I heard him. I turned around and he had his wand on me. Cedric got up. He was still shaking. He and Harry looked down at Crumb. I can't believe this. I, I thought he was all right, Harry said, staring at Crumb. So did I, said Cedric. Did you hear Fleur scream earlier? Said Harry. Yeah, said Cedric. You don't think Crumb got her too? I don't know, said Harry slowly. Should we leave him here? Cedric muttered. No, Harry said. I reckon we should send up Red Sparks. Someone will come and collect him. Otherwise, he'll probably be eaten by a scroot. He'd deserve it, Cedric muttered. But all the same time, he raised his wand and shot a shower of red sparks into the air, which hovered high above Crumb, marking the spot where he lay. Harry and Cedric stood there in the darkness for a moment, looking around them. Then Cedric said, Well, I suppose we'd better get on. What? said Harry. Oh, yeah, right. It was an odd moment. He and Cedric had briefly had been briefly united against Crumb. Now, the fact that they were opponents came back to Harry. The two of them proceeded up the dark path without speaking. Then Harry turned left and Cedric right. Cedric's footsteps soon died away. Harry moved on, continuing to use the four-point spell, making sure he was moving in the right direction. It was between him and Cedric now. His desire to reach the cup first was now burning stronger than ever, but he could hardly believe what he'd just seen Crumb do. The use of an unforgivable curse on a fellow human meant a life term in Azkaban. That was what Moody had told them. Crumb surely couldn't have wanted the Triwizard Cup that badly. Harry sped up. Every so often, he hit more dead ends but the increasing darkness made him feel sure he was getting near the heart of the maze. Then, as he strode down a long, straight path, he saw movement once again, and his beam of wand light hit an extraordinary creature, one which he had only seen in picture form in his monster book of monsters. It was a sphinx. It had the body of an over-large lion, great clawed paws, and a long yellowish tail ending in a brown tuft. Its head, however, was that of a woman. 
She turned her long, almond-shaped eyes upon Harry as he approached. He raised his wand, hesitating. She was not crouching as if to spring, but pacing from side to side, from side to side of the path, blocking his progress. Then she spoke in a deep, hoarse voice. Oh, I got that part and I got the horse down. <laughs> you are very near your goal. The quickest way is past me. So, so, will you move, please? Said Harry, knowing that the answer, knowing what the answer was going to be. No, she said, pacing. Not unless you can answer my riddle. Answer on your first guess, I let you pass. Answer wrongly, I attack. Remain silent. I will let you walk away from me unscathed. Harry's stomach slipped several notches. It was Hermione who was good at this sort of thing, not him. He weighed his chances. If the riddle was too hard, he could keep silent and get away from the Sphinx unharmed and try and find an alternative route to the center. Okay, he said. Can I hear the riddle? The Sphinx sat down upon her hind legs in the very middle of the path and recited. First, think of the person who lives in disguise, who deals in secrets and tells naught but lies. Next, tell me what's always the last thing to mend, the middle of middle and end of the end. And finally, give me the sound often heard during the search for a hard-to-find word. Now string them together and answer me this. Which creature would you be unwilling to kiss? Harry gaped at her. <laughs> he had no idea. Could I have it again more slowly? He asked tentatively. She blinked at him, smiled, and repeated the poem. All the clues add up to a creature I wouldn't want to kiss? Harry asked. She merely smiled her mysterious smile. Harry took that for a yes. Harry cast his mind around. There were plenty of animals he wouldn't want to kiss. His immediate thought was a blast-ended scrut, <laughs> but someone, something told him that wasn't the answer. He'd have to try and work out these clues. A person in disguise, a person in disguise, Harry muttered, staring at her, who lies. Ugh, that would be an imposter. No, that's not my guess. A spy. A spy? I'll come back to that. Could you give me the next clue again, please? She repeated the next lines of the poem. The last thing to mend, Harry repeated. Uh, I have no idea. Middle of middle. Could I have the last end bit? The last end bit. The last bit again. She gave him the last four lines. The sound often heard during the search of a hard to find word, said Harry. Err... That'd be, er, uh, hang on, er, er is a sound. 
The Sphinx smiled at him. We don't say er. <laughs> this wouldn't work for us. <laughs> Spire. Spire. Said Harry, pacing up and down. A creature I wouldn't want to kiss. A spider! The Sphinx smiled more broadly. She got up, stretched her front legs, and then moved aside for him to pass. Thanks! said Harry, and, amazed at his own brilliance, he dashed forward. He had to be close now. He had to be. His wand was telling him he was bang on course. As long as he didn't meet anything too horrible, he might have a chance. Harry broke into a run. He had a choice of paths up ahead. Point me, he whispered again to the wand, and it spun around and pointed him to the right-hand one. He dashed up this one and saw light ahead. The Tri-Wizard Cup was gleaming on a plinth a hundred yards away. Suddenly, a dark figure hurtled out onto the path in front of him. Cedric was going to get there first. Cedric was sprinting as fast as he could toward the cup, and Harry knew he would never catch up. Cedric was much taller and had much longer legs. Then... Harry saw something immense over a hedge to his left, moving quickly along the path that intersected with his own. It was moving so fast, Cedric was about to run into it, and Cedric, his eyes on the cup, had not seen it. Cedric! Harold bellowed, on your left! Cedric looked around just in time to hurl himself past the thing and avoid colliding with it, but in his haste, he tripped. Harry saw Cedric's wand fly out of his hand as a gigantic spider stepped into the path and began to bear down upon Cedric. Stupefy, Harry yelled. The spell hit the spider's gigantic hairy black body, but for all the good it did, he might as well have thrown a stone at it. The spider jerked, scuttled around, and ran at Harry instead. Stupefy! Impedimenta! Stupefy! But it was no use. The spider was either so large or so magical that the spells were doing no more than aggravating it. Harry had one horrifying glimpse of eight shining black eyes and razor-sharp pinchers before it was upon him. He was lifted into the air in its front legs, struggling madly. He tried to kick it. His leg connected with one of the pinchers and... The next moment, he was in excruciating pain. He could hear Cedric yelling, stupefy, too, but his spell had no more effect than Harry's. Harry raised his wand as the spider opened its pinchers once more and shouted, Expelliarmus! It worked. The disarming spell made the spider drop him, but that meant that Harry fell over 12 feet onto his already injured leg, which crumpled beneath him. Without pausing to think, he aimed high at the spider's underbelly as he had done with the scroot and shouted, Stupefy! Just as Cedric yelled the same thing. The two spells combined did what one alone could not. The spider keeled over sideways, flattening a nearby hedge and strewing a path with a tangle of hairy legs. Harry? He heard Cedric shouting, You all right? Did it fall on you? No, Harry called back, panting. 
He looked down at his leg. It was bleeding freely. He could see some sort of thick, gluey secretion from the spider's pinchers on his torn robes. He tried to get up, but his leg was shaking badly and did not want to support his weight. He leaned against the hedge, gasping for breath, and looked around. Cedric was standing feet from the Triwizard Cup, which was gleaming behind him. Take it then, Harry panted to Cedric. Go on, take it, you're there. But Cedric didn't move. He merely stood there, looking at Harry. Then he turned to stare at the cup. Harry saw the longing expression on his face in its golden light. Cedric looked around at Harry again, who was now holding onto the hedge to support himself. Cedric took a, took a, de- Cedric took a deep breath. <sighs> you take it. You should win. That's twice you've saved my neck in here. That's not how it's supposed to work, Harry said. He felt angry. His leg was very painful. He was aching all over from trying to throw off the spider, and after all his efforts, Cedric had beaten him to it, just as he'd beaten Harry to ask Cho to the ball. The one who reaches the cup first gets the points, that's you. I'm telling you, I'm not going to win any races on this leg. Cedric took a few paces nearer to the stunned spider and away from the cup, shaking his head. No, he said. Stop being noble, said Harry irritably. Just take it. Then we can get out of here. Cedric watched Harry steadying himself, holding tight to the hedge. You told me about the dragons, Cedric said. I would have gone down in the first task if you hadn't told me what was coming. I had help on that too. Harry snapped, trying to mop up his bloody leg with his robes. You helped me with the egg. We're square. I had help on the egg in the first place, said Cedric. We're still square, said Harry, testing his leg gingerly. It shook violently as he put weight on it. He had sprained his ankle when the spider had dropped it. You should have got more points on the second task, said Cedric mulishly. You stayed behind to get all the hostages. I should have done that. I was the only one who was thick enough to take the song seriously, said Harry bitterly. Just take the cup. No, said Cedric. He stepped over the spider's tangled legs to join Harry, who stared at him. Cedric was serious. He was walking away from the sort of glory Hufflepuff house hadn't had in centuries. What are you doing, Cedric? No, do it for the Hufflepuffs. <laughs> Go on, Cedric said. He looked as though this was costing him every ounce of resolution he had, but his face was set, his arms were folded, he seemed decided. Harry looked from Cedric to the cup. For one shining moment, he saw himself emerging from the maze, holding it. He saw himself holding the Triwizard Cup aloft, heard the roar of the crowd, saw Cho's face shining with admiration, more clearly than he had ever seen it before. And then the picture faded, and he found himself staring at Cedric's shadowy, stubborn face. Both of us, said Harry. What? We'll take it at the same time. 
Still a Hogwarts victory. We'll tie for it. Cedric stared at Harry. He unfolded his arms. You, you sure? Yeah, said Harry. Yeah, we've helped each other out, haven't we? We both got here. Let's just take it together. For a moment, Cedric looked as though he couldn't believe his ears. Then his face split into a grin. You're on, he said. Come here. He grabbed Harry's arm below the shoulder and helped Harry limp forward to the plinth where the cup stood. When they had reached it, they both held a hand out over one of the cup's gleaming handles. On three, right? said Harry. One, two, three. He and Cedric both grasped a handle. Instantly, Harry felt a jerk somewhere in behind his navel. His feet and uh, his feet had left the ground. He could not unclench the hand holding the Triwizard Cup. It was pulling him onward in a howl of wind and swirling color. Cedric at his side. That's the end of chapter 31, but I'm about to record chapter 32 right now. So right after I publish this one and put it up so you can listen to it, um, I'm going to start reading the second one. And then I will, the second one, <laughs> chapter 32, I mean. And then I'll put that up for you too. All right. Love you, bye.